It is a great day, and a great day to celebrate 59 years of Azure Hills Church. I don't know if some of you watching the video uh, were feeling two things at least at once. Looking back at that video, I was thinking of and reflecting about the people that have been so deeply invested in making this possible. Back in January of 1965, when this church began, focused on relationships and community and also our neighborhood where we were. And some of those individuals are no longer with us. So I also felt great gratitude for each of their investment and also such longing for all of us to be back together. Some of you saw Ruth Knight up there. It made me also think of Eldon Keeney and Dorothy Brown, and I'm so glad we have Ray Hulse with us, but there are so many others that we could keep naming that there's both gratitude and longing. I just want us to name that today, that there are so many that have been resting in Jesus that made such a deep investment here that we are grateful for and that we stand on the foundation of. So what a perfect Sabbath to celebrate, and Shane and Jeriel, thank you for sharing your journey with us. Would you join with me in prayer as we open up God's word together this morning? Our God, we're going to go to a table today that has some really beautiful food on it, and I guess I'm making people hungry already in this moment, but we're going to come to a table, we're going to eat, we're going to fellowship together today. And we also know that in the future we will come to a table that we can't see the end of because it's the wedding supper of the Lamb, and there will be so many there, countless number, that have all been made new in Christ, as Shane's shirt says, because we've all put our hope in you. We will find ourselves seated there with great celebration. So even as we celebrate today, we also long for the time when we will see you face to face and the time when we will all be united again together. God, thank you for your hand of grace that has been over this church. We rededicate ourselves to you in this moment and also to the work that you are doing here. Would you keep working in our hearts and in our lives and in the life of this community as our longing? In the name of our Jesus, our Savior, amen. Some of us have viewed at some point in our lives or can unconsciously slip into it again, viewing prayer like walking up to a vending machine. And we walk up and we say, I want the Cool Ranch chips. And we pray the prayer. And then we find ourselves sad, disappointed, shocked when the red vines come out instead. You're like, what the, this, I wanted something different. Or you press this and you got a water. And you're like, this isn't what I prayed for. This isn't what I longed for. This isn't what I hoped for. So how does this thing work anyway? And someone told me, it works for everybody else. But I promise you, Pastor, I've never prayed for something and experienced seeing it. And that's a hard reality. And you might not be that person who told me that, but each of us have known the reality of praying, longing, hoping, and not 
seeing what we had hoped for happen, right? But what if, what if prayer is less about the provision and more about the presence of God? What if God is really seeking to change me in the process And that really, even this could apply to life decisions, this can apply to anything, but God is about the formation of our hearts and our minds, causing us to be people after God's own heart, instead of the actual particulars of you getting what you think that you want, or what I think I want. And that's a hard thing to sit with because you know what? We're invited to ask boldly. This isn't about, this is talking about an invitation to prayer. This is a, talking about a call to prayer. So God desires our honesty. God wants us to come boldly before the throne of grace and ask for what we long for, desire, and hope for. This isn't meant to dissuade us from that. We're invited to do that. God wants to hear. Don't you want to hear in the relationships that matter to you most? Don't you want to hear from that person about what they really long for. I want to know what Caleb's needs are. I want to know and understand where his heart is at and he desires that from me. And so God desires that too. And even deeper and deeper intimacy as we continue to share openly and honestly. But we have to understand with this call, this invitation from God to pray that some of us might have some baggage around this. That some of us might need to own some disappointment, some anger, some sadness that you prayed, you had faith, you longed for, and it didn't happen. And how does that affect your relationship with God? So as we enter into a conversation about prayer, I just want to invite you to become aware of maybe some of that stuff that you might be carrying about what prayer is or what prayer means. Because I have experienced both, and I know you have too. I've experienced where we anointed an amazing person, and we prayed over them. And I promise you, we saw the scans themselves, we know that they had cancer, but when they went to meet with their surgeon a month later, it was not there. And it was gone, and the surgeon said, I don't know what to say, I don't have anything to tell you, but it's gone. And we're like, You heard us, hallelujah. And I've also stood at the graveside with people in which we prayed with just as much earnestness and faith and prayer. So as we're talking about entering into and engaging in the practice of prayer, I just want to acknowledge that we have both this this invitation, this beautiful connection with God that God is welcoming and inviting And then we also might carry some things when it comes to prayer. We might carry some disappointment and some sadness over things that didn't turn out like we had hoped. And so there's this invitation, this call today to be honest to God and with ourselves. This invitation that is about openness and authenticity. If you walk down our hall of values out there, the second one after family, because so many of you have said this, this is why I'm here. You say, it's a big church, but it has a small church feel because I get connected and you're waving at me. As I say, I get connected. I love it. Like, we're connected, right? We're family. We're all a part of this together. And the second one after that is authenticity. 
Some of you grew up in families in which to come to church meant not only putting on other clothes, but fixing your face and adjusting your heart so that you could answer in ways that were not true to what you were experiencing. We don't desire that. Yes, we do want, you know, we want to hug and we want to greet each other, but it's okay to say it's been a rough week. It's okay to say, I'm feeling really shaky right now. And so that authenticity goes for each other as well as our relationship with God. And so we find this powerful quote from Ellen White where she says, in this definition of what prayer is and what prayer means, the next one from Ellen White says, prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. So if you think of the relationships that you love most, the people that you connect to most, do you have it all planned before you come talk to them? Do you have all of the answers and have a complete outline, bulleted list? No, you just talk. And especially you external processors, you talk so you can figure out what you're actually feeling. Like some of us, we do it in different ways, right? But we show up and relationship is about showing up. So there's this invitation in this call to show up honest with God. Prayer is the second most referenced spiritual practice. We're talking about practice of our faith during this opening part of the year. And prayer is the second most referenced. The first is praise. They're so interconnected that we're invited to this practice of prayer and praise and connection with God. I've seen that in prayer, I'm able to better understand who God is and who I am and how God is at work in the world. And that is what shifts my current repeat prayer for definitely this week, but it's been for about three months. Show me what faith, four or five months, show me what faithfulness looks like today. I surrender. Show me what faithfulness looks like today. There's this invitation from God to show up with whatever is real for you at this moment. The Bible contains 650 prayers, definite prayers expressed in many different ways. There's this variety with which God invites us into prayer. Mark chapter 1 verse 35, we find Jesus himself pulling away very early in the morning. And I recognized I saw a certain person's face this morning during first service that as soon as I said very early in the morning, I was like, I lost you just with those two words very early. But don't get thrown off by that. You can say very late at night because it was still dark. You could be the night owl who knows that you are most awake with God at night. But very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I'm always asking this question, what's the example of Jesus? What did Jesus show us? Because he's fully embodied God and he's human. So he knows and understands, the scripture says in Hebrews, that he is not unacquainted with our particular suffering, how we have gone through because he himself has faced it. So where do we find him? We find him very early seeking the face of God. We find him pressing into conversation and connection with God. There's this call, this invitation to be present. Jesus, who taught 
Jesus who healed, Jesus who set people free and forgave them, who restored bodies and hearts and minds, he went away to seek renewal and rest with God, connection and conversation and communion. Remember that following after Jesus is a life of practice. That's what they would call it, right? In that time period, they would follow after the rabbi, and as they were getting so close to the rabbi, doing what he did, the saying was, may you be covered in the dust of the rabbi, because you're so close to the one that you're following that as he picks up his feet, the dust falls back on you because you're following after him so closely. You're practicing what he's doing in the world. So Jesus said to his disciples all the time, you'll do these things and even more. You'll do even greater things. And they're like, whoa, this is amazing. Because they're following after him. They're trying to do what he's doing in the world. They're following their rabbi. And then he says, I'm going to do this in and through your life. So we're invited to practice what Jesus did. We're invited to press in close for conversation and connection with God, for drawing near to his heart, for realizing what he desires to give to us. Christianity is a life of practice. So if you find yourself wandering, if you find yourself like squirrel with your mind, like every time I sit down to pray, squirrel, squirrel, I have to go pick up the dry cleaning, I have to go... It is a practice. So of course, if your kid is learning how to ride their bike and they fall down or they're learning how to hold their spoon and it's shaky at first, you're going to be like, just keep practicing, right? Just keep practicing turning heart and mind to God because it's a practice of faith. So we find ourselves as we continue to practice that we find ourselves in a place where we weren't before because we keep practicing we keep turning towards, and the Holy Spirit's working in us, doing things beyond what we could even name. God is at work in us. So in these 650 definite prayers in Scripture, we see personal prayers. We see collective prayers in the church. We see prayers for miracles where walls start shaking and doors fly open. Prayers for freedom. Prayers of lament. One of uh, the people that I had the blessing of learning from uh, passed away this week one year ago, uh, Dr. John Dibdahl. had a tremendous impact in my life and in several of my colleagues and friends' lives um, with the personal practice of what it means to follow after Jesus. And he said this, in the prayers of scripture, we see tremendous variety and we see honesty. That somehow gets lost on us this honesty in scripture because we can separate ourselves because we know the end of their story. We know how that goes. So of course, you're okay, Joseph. Like, yeah, you're in the pit and then you're in the prison, and, but we know how your story ends. But there's honesty from the followers of God in the scripture before they even know the outcome. There's this honesty as they're talking and connecting with God. Another mentor of mine who I just saw in August in Australia, Dr. Alan Walsh, he says this. God would rather have us complain honestly instead of praise falsely. Some of you think right now that what God wants is for you to fake it till you make it. 
And there is a time for the practice of gratitude, which places our hearts in alignment of realizing the gifts that we have in the world. And there are times when we practice things we don't feel. That's not denying that. But if that's the only thing you say to God, God is longing to know where you're really at. From the heart of God is a desire to understand what really troubles you, to, and to know what you're really facing. And so this call is an invitation to you and to me to show up honest with God. So if you received this today, there's some different ways of engagement and practice that I'd like to highlight for you and invite you to. It's in your bulletin. If you didn't get it, the deacons can bring it to you so you can just raise your hand or you can grab one from the Welcome Center. Um, but this right here talks about a few that I want to briefly highlight for you that as we engage in this practice and as we show up in honesty before God, there are ways that we can do that. And some of you might have experienced all of these and then some of you might be drawn to a particular one right now. Praying the scriptures for me this week looked like Psalm 23. Reading through the psalm and praying it is different than just reading it. So I'm reading, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. And I'm naming the things that I feel that I need that I know God is providing. That as I walk through the dark valley that God says, here I can name all the dark places, but I am with you. So I'm praying through that as I go through. That you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Let me just pause to name the ways that my cup is overflowing. Let me just pause to pray the things that you have placed in my life. You can pray the scriptures as you go through them. As you pick a scripture and you practice this. You can pay attention to your posture. Judith shows us an example of what, as she allows her posture to be an evidence of what's happening in her heart. This week I found myself just falling face forward before God at one particular moment. Some of you it's going to be raising up both hands. Some of you it's open hands. I surrender. I am open to receiving. You might in your prayers change your posture to align with where your heart is being led by God. There's also taking time for intercession. If you've asked me to pray for your loved one, you know what I do is reach for my phone first. And it's not because I'm distracted or that I'm about to post it on social media. Don't get worried. But I'm writing it down in a notes section on my phone. And I was mindlessly wanting to scroll through Instagram this week. Like I was like, and God just invited me. Why don't you just stop and pray for people? Okay. So I go open my prayer list. That's why I keep it there on my phone. You might... Be invited to make an intercession list on your phone in the notes section or in Slack or something else. Just make a list of people that you're going to pray for. So when you end up with these like little brief moments, not at stoplights, but if you end up at brief moments like in a doctor's office or something, you can be interceding for someone and praying over them. You might love physical, tangible things. You could keep index cards there and be praying over the people in your life. You might be a visual person and you have a prayer wall in which you put the pictures of and the verses that you're praying over your family. This is an invitation from God to use the tactile, the creative, the different parts that you know will connect with you. There's a member here that said, I pray for you in my prayer room and my prayer closet. And I said, is it a literal closet? 
They're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yes. They go in and they close the door. And for them, there's like, they put scripture on the wall and they pray over us. That's powerful. Last night after elders board, there's a group of elders that felt impressed to start praying in October. And there's four of them that were praying over you, over this church, over me, over the pastors. And they've been praying over this. And that's beautiful, the intercession that we are invited into to pray for each other. Then there's an using your senses, what you have seen, touched, tasted, and heard, that you're invited to perhaps you love essential oils or a candle or you love the tactile. You might read the shepherd's Psalm 23 and go out and sit on the grass, not today, it's wet, but normally in Southern California, touch the ground and think about you lead me to pastures that are good, that I trust that you are going to provide for me and lead me where I need to go. So you're invited to, and I'm invited to experience God with our senses and we're invited to express our gratitude to God, our praise to God, so for things as well as for who God is. So taking time to share a gratitude list like Philippians 4 invites us to. And then this one might be the hardest for some of you. Psalm 4610, that we are invited to be still and know that God is God. Be still to sit and quiet ourselves in God's presence. And finally, there are the prayers that we pray when we have no words. When things are too raw, when the lament is not yet formed, when the anger burns inside you or when God feels far away. If you've ever felt like your prayer doesn't go above the ceiling, Ellen White writes that our prayers may be inaudible to any human ear, but they cannot die away into silence, nor can they be lost through the activities of busyness that are going on. It is God to whom we are speaking, and our prayer is heard. There's not a prayer from our lips or from our heart, even which is not uttered when we can't fully verbalize it, that God doesn't hear and know and understand. You are known by God and your heart is seen by God. God sees you and hears you. There's a stage for all of us when we're nervous to, or most of us, when we're nervous to fall asleep away from those we love. We had a lot collectively of those nights this week in which there was a desire for a parent to be present at nighttime. That's why I love and connect with this Dallas Willard story in which he describes a little boy who came into his dad's room at nighttime. And as he shook him and woke him up, he said, are you looking at me? Are you, are you, can I know that you're there? And his dad said, my face is turned towards you. You can't see in the dark, but my face is turned towards you. And so he was able to go back and lay down because he said that he knew that he was seen. And there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of stuff going on in your life. And some of you have situations that are truly challenging right now. 
And in the dark, God says, my face is turned towards you. You are never outside of my sight. I am watching you. I'm hearing you. Your circumstance isn't changing in the way that you had hoped, but you are seen. So you press into heeding the call of God. You press into prayer and time with God, not because of the provision or the outcome being what you expect, but because of the presence. Even as we sit and we wait for what we long for, we find the presence of God to be enough, to sustain us. So I invite you to just take a few moments. Roger's gonna play for just a few moments. We're just gonna pause for one more minute before we close out our time. But would you take a look through that list and just pray a simple prayer of asking the Holy Spirit, would you guide me in where you're inviting me to pray? It could be intercession. It could be sitting still, because that's really hard to do sometimes. But where are you being invited to practice prayer in your life, right? This week, today, where, what are you being invited to practice? I just invite you to pick one of those. It's the insert in your bulletin. You can just look through those, and Jose will grab you one if you need one. But look through those, pray through those, and, and just choose one right now in this moment to practice in following after God. In this moment, you are invited to make a choice and to ask God to show you what that looks like this week, to practice leaning in to the call of God. It's about presence. It's about intimacy with Jesus. And God desires you. God's face is turned towards you. So as we sing this final song, Whisper a Prayer, and our praise team comes up to lead us. Know that that can take every form and shape wherever we are, in whatever moments in this coming week, we are invited to respond to this call of prayer in our lives.